the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome into the show. I'm your host today, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. If you got a money question for the show, taxes, insurance, retirement planning, estate planning, investing, any money issue besides individual stock, buyhold, or sell questions, all fair game. Get your calls on the air, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Well, we start the day with first a tweet, which I'll talk about in a second, and then uh, a beat from Delta Airlines and BlackRock. Now, according to briefing.com, we also got initial claims for the week. Jobless claims decreased by 9,000. Continued claims, though, was interesting. That was up slightly. There's nothing major in this data, but we still have kind of this firming of the job market. When will we see some wage inflation? That's the question. Um, That's a question of a lot of people out there. When am I going to get some increases in my wages, right? I need to be able to spend more on rent, for example. So, not that anybody cares too. Rite Aid beat expectations. I mean, you're talking about a penny stock, basically. Now, it's under under five bucks share, it's a buck seventy. They sold a bunch of stuff to Walgreens. I just say that because it's always thought of it as one of the coolest symbols on Wall Street. Rad is their symbol, so it's kind of easy to remember. This morning, waking up early, looking at the futures in the market. Not that it matters too much. I don't really care too much about the day-to-day movements in stocks, but I notice it. And futures were lower. Looking at a lower open on Wall Street. But then there was this tweet at, at real Donald Trump. He said, never said when an attack on Syria would take place. Could be very soon or not so soon at all. In any event, the United States under my administration has done a great job of ridding the region of ISIS. Where is our thank you, America? And that actually turned futures around. So that I was inherited. <laughs> that a was mess. A, it's a mess. Because, I know it is a mess. You're right. Um, that was interesting because typically the market likes certainty. Um, and the idea of escalating conflict in the Middle East will be there, but we just don't know when kind of turn futures around. Not that it's that big of a deal, but it's interesting the now the power of Twitter on that front. Story of Bloomberg today talking about Apple's HomePod smart speaker that went on sale in January. Kind of had an initial pop, but looks like... Uh, inventory is kind of stacking up, and it really hasn't taken off as they have expected. A lot of that may be just bad timing of issues of privacy coming out and people kind of slowing down on what they're going to put in their home and, and let listen in on them. So the, this, this, the sound quality is supposed to be much better, but so far it's the Amazon Echo, and then, of course, you've got Sonos with Amazon in it, a couple of other options out there that have more of the 73% of the market share, which is hard to, really hard to compete against once they've 
really gotten into people's living room. Now, Bitcoin or any digital coins or cryptocurrency at all, it's causing a major, major tax headache this year. So we get taxes due in five days. It's on the 17th this year. And those that have traded or purchased Bitcoin, even if you didn't trade it, but you purchased Bitcoin, it went up, what, it was like 1,700% last year. Uh, and then you took that Bitcoin and you bought it. And in this example on Bloomberg, you bought a couch on Overstock.com with that Bitcoin. Well, you now have created a gain situation because you took that coin, you spent it, so technically you sold that coin, and taxes are now due. So people are trying to put together their string of transactions. Some people were trading on multiple different platforms for cryptocurrency, and they're having a nightmare of a time trying to figure out, what are my tax issues? Some people didn't even know they were going to have to pay taxes on this stuff. And that that's an issue. Now, what about people that were doing a whole bunch of mining? Some are saying that that's basically a form of self-employment. So if all of a sudden you're doing some mining, you've got coins showing up in your purse from doing the mining, your, your computer's just sitting there doing it, right? You're not doing anything. Well, taxable income. What this reminds me of, so is, is instead of stock options back in 1999, so back in 1999, where the level of euphoria when it came to tech stocks was was off the charts ridiculous. It was insane. And incentive stock options, you don't see them that much anymore. But on an incentive stock option, if you buy them and hold them for a certain period of time, you can sell them, and the initial buy and hold is only subject to AMT taxes. But the final transaction, when you sell those incentive stock options... You can avoid ordinary income taxes and just pay capital gains taxes. So some people were buying and holding their incentive stock options in 1999. They held them through the new year, and in 2000, the market crashed. And some of those stocks went to zero, yet they still owed taxes, AMT taxes in 1999, on worthless stocks. And guess what? You can't go bankrupt with the IRS. You had to pay. So what about all these people that and you could see the market spike in thanks, right after Thanksgiving, the cryptocurrency world last year had this another big run-up because you could tell everybody got together over the holidays, talked about their cryptocurrencies, how well they were doing, and you saw that other boom. So those people that got in rode to boom up, and I don't know, maybe they saw it come back down to south of 7,000 where we see Bitcoin now. Well, actually, I'm sorry, it's at, right at 7,700 or so. Some of those people might be in that incentive stock option situation in 1999 where they bought it at a really bad time and now they owe taxes or whatever it may be. And it's, it's, it's just an interesting situation to see how this all plays out. Speaking of tax time, right after you finish and file your taxes, it's a great time to remember to check your credit report. So everybody can go to annualcreditreport.com and get access to your credit report. It's not going to give you a credit score, but it's the government-mandated site where you can go get your credit report. And I recommend everybody have some sort of identity theft protection, not something that just monitors, but also something that if something happens, you can kind of call a service, tell them what happened, and then they white-glove it. They take and handle everything. Because the hardest part about having your identity compromised is fixing the problems that are created. 
you can monitor it and get and you get an idea if something's wrong for free on your own. Annualcreditreport.com is the first place you go. I got an email from Xander Insurance where I have some family covered under uh, identity theft protection. And they recommend now that you add Innovis, I-N-N-O-V-I-S, to that rotation. So there's really every three months you can get a free credit report and find out what's going on. It's not the monitoring that costs money. If you're paying for something through some service and all they're doing is monitoring, that's a waste of money. you got to make sure that you have something that fixes the problem. Uh, now, I've noticed a huge increase in, fa- in, in, in solicitation calls on my cell phone in the last six months. So I'm going to go to donotcall.gov and register for that. And then there's also the optoutprescreen.com that can cut down if you're getting a ton of credit offers in the mail. So those things are so annoying and set you up for potential ID theft. So be careful with all that. I'm going to take a quick break. If you want to get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. 800-516-1220. Certified financial planner. I can help you with taxes, insurance, retirement planning, investing. It's all fair game. Or you can email me, chad at chadburton.com. We'll be back. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Welcome back into the show. I'm your host, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. If you want to get your calls in there, if you have a money question, 800-516-1220 or shoot me an email, chad at chadburton.com. Well, it is five days left until you have to either file your taxes or file an extension. And if you have a friend that's a CPA or an enrolled agent, you're not going to see him for another five days. And you should feel very sorry for him because it's a tough business this time of year for sure. So five days left. What does that mean? Okay, so if you don't have all of your information to file your taxes or you've been procrastinating, now you call your CPA or enrolled agent and they're like, "I, I can't help you, it's too late off to file an extension. What does that mean? Well, if you file an extension, it does not mean you have more time to file or to fund your IRAs or Roth IRAs. If you're self-employed and you're doing SEP IRA and those types of things, you're okay. But your Roth IRAs or your regular IRAs, extension does not extend the time of funding those. So if that's part of your strategy, you still need to fund that by the 17th this year. Usually it's the 15th, but it's like Monday's an Emancipation Day celebration in D.C. or something like that. So this year it's the 17th. Um, the other thing that it doesn't mean is that if you file an extension and you know you're going to owe some taxes, filing an extension does not reduce penalties and interest on what you owe. You need to still make a payment. All right. And if you can't even get a hold of an own agent or CPA, but you kind of have an idea of it, you can download the forms from irs.gov. Or go to California, you can do the same. And you might not have time to do a lot of projections with your CPA right now. And then you need to let them take a week or two off after tax time. And you really need to start thinking about what you should be doing for 2018. So what should you be doing if you're still working, if you're still building your wealth? You're kind of like that you know, 20 to 45 type range. Um, the biggest issue is what should you should you be doing with your withholding in the new year. What's crazy is that this SALT issue, the state and local tax reduction of being able to deduct all of it on their federal return, 
who that hurts the most is is kind of that Bay Area middle class. So the Bay Area middle class is much different than the rest of the world because now the numbers to be able to buy a home in the Bay Area, even in San Jose or something like close to getting close to $300,000 household combined income to be able to afford to buy a home. So if that's what you're earning as a family, most of the country would say, congratulations, you're killing it. You're just trying to say, I'm just trying to afford a house for my family. And now that's the family. Those people that are in that earning power, yet they don't own real estate or they're not self-employed, they're paying more taxes in 2018 for sure. But those people that are earning that, but they also are self-employed and they own real estate, they're going to probably pay less taxes. The lack of income deduction for the state taxes on the federal return, the limitation of the state income taxes plus property taxes is typically now offset for those people, those business owners and those that own real estate, by a new deduction of 20% of the net business income or 20% of your profit on your real estate, potentially. Everybody's a little bit different. There's all sorts of income limitations on this stuff, too. So if you're still working, make sure you're going to be withholding the proper amount. The federal tax rates for your first $90,000 are much lower now. The 15% bracket became a 12% bracket. So does that offset your lack of being able to deduct your state income taxes? The way that charitable contributions work, too, you ha- it might be different. If you're used to giving a specific amount each year, it might be better for you to lump everything up in one year and then pause next year. So if you give, you know, I don't know, $5,000 a year to charity, you might not be able to deduct that anymore. So you might put in 10000 this year to charity and skip it. And remember, whenever you're giving to charity, always try to give stocks that have a gain instead of cash. Almost every single charity, five, a nonprofit organization, has a brokerage account where you can transfer shares from your account to their account. There's no taxes due. Even if you, you know, have Apple with a $5 cost basis, you could use stock to fund your charity, avoid the taxes on the gain, keep your cash, and then buy that stock back if you still want it at a much higher cost basis. You still get the deduction. So lump that in together. If you're retired, what should you be thinking about? This is a huge opportunity for people that are retired, especially if you're before age 70 and a half where you're forced to take money out of your IRAs because there's a really unique window once you retire from the retirement age. Let's say that's 65 through to before you turn 70, where you can enjoy an extremely low tax bracket. And I do not see these tax brackets continuing past 2026. Just as with, I think the budget that was just passed is something like the second largest ever, besides the one that was done during the bailouts. And unless the economy grows at 3.5% to 4.5%, debt is going to increase too much, and these taxes will expire. They will expire. So, you got to take advantage of that now. When you're retired, you can manage your income. You can say, I've got some cash, I've got some brokerage accounts, I've got IRAs, I've got Roth IRAs. So, what you should do is every year in November, be meeting with your financial advisor, your CPA, and saying, okay, here's my taxable income for the year so far. How much do I have left at this bracket that I'm currently in? And if you're enjoying all sorts of income and have cash and and you don't trigger that tax until you pull money out of your IRA, you might have a lot left at the 12% bracket that you can turn around 
and convert a specific amount, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars from your IRA to a Roth, pay the taxes now, and enjoy tax free growth on that money for the rest of your lives. And you can pass it on to your heirs. They can roll it into an inherited Roth IRA and and enjoy tax free growth for the rest of their lives. So Roth IRA to Roth conversions in specific amounts, small amounts each year. Um, sometimes, let's say you're in a situation where you're retired or going into retirement, you already have too many stocks. You're way too far out on the risk curve. You should have you know three years worth of expenses in cash or portfolio draws in cash, and no more than about 65% in stocks in most cases if you're in retirement. So if you have more than that and you know you need to raise cash, what do you do with that cash? Do you buy bonds? Or do you potentially pay off your mortgage? In this case, in this point in time, with rates going up, bonds not super, super attractive right now in terms of income because rates are still historically low. Retired person could consider paying off their mortgage, especially if you work with your CPA. And under the new, much, much larger itemized or uh, standard deduction, you're not getting the tax break anymore from that mortgage. Maybe it's time to pay it off. Also, stack your medical expenses over the next couple of years. If you need stuff done that's a medical expense, medical expenses were actually improved. So if you're retired, try to get it all done by 2018. Maybe you need new teeth, a couple new hips, a couple new knees. You want to be bionic like I do, then lump it all together. And we'll talk a little bit about real estate and how that might play out if you're an owner of real estate coming back after the break. If you want to get your calls in the air, it's 800 516 That's 800-516-1220. We will be right back. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back into the show. Decent day in the market so far. I'm your host, Chad Burton, certified financial planner. I'm going to get your calls in the air. It's 800 1220 yeah, most of the index is up here. We got Dow up about 0.6, S&P and Nasdaq up a little over 1% so far. Expectations are, they might surprise you when you see some of the numbers that are coming out. But in a sense, they shouldn't, but they still will. Because what I mean by that is the market rallied a lot last year. And we looked at the average tax rate on a lot of the stocks that we owned, and it was slightly north of 30%. And now those corporations, the majority are paying 20% corporate taxes. That goes right to the bottom line. The first quarter of 2018 compared to the first quarter of 2017 should be somewhere around a 17% earnings increase. What did the market do last year? About 22%. So you get pulled forward a little bit on your returns. But if that's the case, if it comes in, that'll be the best quarter since the first quarter of 2011, where earnings grew 19.5% compared to the first quarter of 2010. P ratios have come down a little bit. The forward P ratio, according to FactSet, is 16.1. Started the year at north of 18. We've had a little bit of a pullback, a little bit of a reset for some of the momentum-oriented stocks that had gone too far too fast. And expectations are high. Really, the concerns right now are just geopolitical concerns. I was joking about this the other day, but what, what if the whole idea was that Hey, we've got to attract. We've got to attack these trade deals that were created back when Chad was in high school. That far back, and I was talking about this the other day with Rob. On there, just think about your twenty-year high school reunion, 
and how that, you know, somebody that might have been a jock in high school now has that really solid it's a it's a belly it's a big belly but it's not really mushy it's really solid maybe a lot of beer drinking going on there and the really great hair is really gone people have changed a lot since your 20-year reunion well maybe nafta needs to change a lot you know these deals need to be renegotiated china is a much different country i know china's not nafta it's a different trade deal but china is a much different country now than when i was in high school so the deals have to change the markets have to open. It's not truly a global trade situation where they can import whatever they want here almost, but we can't go build cars in China. So things definitely have to change. Once we get through that, and if we get an infrastructure deal done before you know, there's a major change, I would love it if we get an infrastructure deal done, and then all of a sudden we have gridlock again in, in Congress. And then we, could, we have a certainty of what we're going to deal with with the next couple of years. The market could do really well. But keep in mind, the market's positive 70% of the time. Regardless of who's president, regardless of if Republicans or Democrats control Congress, it's not a stock market of people. It's a stock market of companies. Companies that you can look at and say, what's the revenue? What are the expenses? What are the earnings? Are things doing well or not? You can look through the headlines. The headlines are almost worthless to look at on a day-to-day basis. I, I mean, this just there's there's days like I've said before where we manage a lot of money, and I I go through days where I don't know if the market closed up 100 points, down 100 points. It, it, the day to day movements don't matter if you're investing properly. You've got to take the motion out of investing. I got sidetracked a little bit because what I was going to talk about is what I ended the last segment with, which is how about taxes and real estate? How is that going to work? We're still looking for a lot of clarification on the tax package, the tax cut that we all received in 2017. And I say that a little tongue-in-cheek, because all received, again, it, it really is, there's a specific, you know, I'm a working family, I finally made enough to buy a house in the Bay Area, and now I can't deduct all of my combined property taxes and state income taxes. That is where it really kind of hurts, But if you own real estate, if you're self-employed, you might have a much larger federal deduction now to help offset that, even on real estate. So what it looks like now is that you you have your real estate, you have your positive cash flow, you have your your profit from your real estate. If your income is under $350,000 joint or $157,000 single, you should be able to take 20% of that profit as a deduction on your federal return. If you make over that, it looks like you'll be able to take about 2.5% of the cost basis of the property each year is an additional deduction on your federal return. So owners of of passive income properties that have debt, there might be some there might be some uh, things that you can do to shift debt around potentially to increase a profit on one property, get your tax deduction a little bit higher. So it's really hard to explain on radio. And I would not do anything crazy. Do not do any, don't read something or go to some seminar or something else in order to get a higher tax deduction because this stuff is all going to expire more than likely in 2026. So don't do anything too aggressive or too complicated. If it feels, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. If it's too complicated, it's probably not worth it. 
again, if if we don't grow the economy close to 4% a year for the next couple of years, it will likely expire in 2026, especially if we have a change in who controls Congress. So pay attention to debt strategies, though. Um, if you're close to retirement and you own p- positive cash flow properties and you're trying to figure out what to do with cash or you need to trim your stocks, again, it's time to potentially consider paying down debt. I know your interest rate on your debt's extremely low. It's historically low. But tax-wise, it might make sense based on the timing of your life. How about self-employed people? Now, the good thing is that if you're an architect or an engineer and you're self-employed, you, you know basically file either as an LLC, a Schedule C, or an S-Corp, Architects and engineers are treated pretty well under this act. Financial advisors or other people that are self-employed, not so much. It's a, there's a very odd thing going on in this tax code. If you're an engineer but you have consultant in your business name, some CPAs have said, hey, change the name so that it's very clear that you're an engineer. Because basic consultants, they don't get the 20% deduction if they make over a certain amount. So there is a whole bunch of things that you need to look at if you're self-employed. But the idea is if you keep your income low enough, under 315,000 if you're in a service industry or 415,000 if you're in a service industry. So there's a phase out. If you make 315,000 to 415,000, the 20% new deduction for business owners gets phased out. If you're a business owner and you have other assets that you can live off of, There's other things that you can do to get your taxable income much, much lower to enjoy this tax deduction over the next several years here. A lot of people hear about the SEP IRA. Well, there's an individual 401k, which is basically a SEP IRA on steroids. Plus, there's a defined benefit plan if you're self-employed, where we have people that are self-employed trying to really catch up for retirement, deferring pre-tax over $100,000 a year. It's called a defined benefit plan. Self-employed people, especially that are 50 or older, should really take a look at this if they're trying to save more, get their income low enough to take advantage of this new tax deduction, especially if they have other assets to live off of. What I mean by that is if you're saying, okay, well, I'm making this money, I'm making a decent amount of money, but I use it to live. Well, what about the other investments that you have? If you have investments in a regular taxable account, cash, mutual funds, stocks, bonds, whatever, you can live off of that while you take your employment income and get it really, really down tax-wise with individual 401ks and defined benefit plans, things like that. Just you spend some time planning for this. But again, don't do anything too crazy because this could all expire in 2026. Um. One of the things, too, I was going to talk about today is how awful some of the retirement calculators are out there. This is this is becoming more and more of a problem, especially after you have a run-up in the market. And we've got some great numbers to look at over the last several years. So the market's really gone up quite a bit without any kind of a major correction since 2009. In 1999, people were doing their online retirement calculators, and everybody was talking about investing, including People Magazine, where People Magazine did a poll, and they asked back then when stocks were just going through the roof and P-E ratios were north of 50 on the NASDAQ, people were asked, what do you think your your investments will earn until the day you retire? 19%. People were coming in at 19%. A younger person might hear us talk about stocks all the time, and over the last 100 years, stocks have returned 11%. 
you can't use that number as your projections because as you start to age, you will transition your portfolio. The more money you have and the closer you get to retirement, the more risk adverse you become. It's a natural tendency that people have. So you can't just use this high number thinking that if you're 25 now and you own 100% in stocks, which is probably a smart thing to do, as you age, you will eventually get some more fixed income and cash into your portfolio, and your return will drop in order to have your returns more stable. So I'll talk a little bit more about this later, but I mean, these online calculators are so awful. The other thing that they don't do is they don't talk about, there's no way you can plug in numbers for taxes. As you pull money out of your different accounts, IRAs, Ross, taxable accounts, you pay taxes. Online calculators, the free ones, don't really help you deal with that. So they sometimes set you up for failure. If you're using them to motivate you because you know you're way too far behind in saving retirement, they're fine. But if you're using them to make a decision on whether or not you can retire, bad idea. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Welcome back into the show. I'm your host today, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. We should have started the segment with some like Metallica, something hardcore, because we have some tickets to give away. We have tickets. The first caller receives a family four-pack to the Monster Jam. That's Saturday, April 28th at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara for a night of adrenaline-packed family entertainment by some of the most recognizable Monster Jam, Jam trucks out there, including Gravedigger. That'd be fun to watch. They got Max D. They got many more. Don't miss these world-class drivers. Push these perfectly engineered Monster Jam trucks to their limits. You can get tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Or you can call 800-516-1220 to get your set. The first caller gets this family four-pack. And I've got a wide range of kits from 2 to 18. I know it's a little crazy. i got one kid that's still in diapers and one kid going off to college. But... My, my two-year-old, her favorite thing is when she goes to her cousin's house, she, he has a bunch of monster trucks, little trucks, and army guys. And she likes to stuff as many army guys into the front seat of the truck as she possibly can. But she gets mad when she can't fit anymore, so then we have to take it away. It's kind of interesting. Kids do crazy things. So get your calls in there if you want those tickets, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Uh, Paul Ryan, obviously, in the news. Um, big issue since he's not going to run for re-election. That it's getting more and more likely that Republicans may lose the majority. And the one hope that I had for Paul Ryan, I always get joked about because I've had positive comments on Paul Ryan in the past, is because if you've watched some of his YouTube videos on his concerns about debt and some of the entitlement programs, he comes at it from an angle that we need these programs, but they have to be fixed. I mean, Social Security, as it sits in 2034, is not going to work. It's only going to have enough income to pay out 75% of the benefits. So things have to change. The world has to change when it comes to these benefits. Hopefully, Luckily, we have millennials to help pay into the system. But we had the baby boom population, and then we have, you know, what is it, Generation X or Y? I, I kind of can't remember. It's the one in between, much smaller, but then I guess we had a bunch of babies. Now we have the millennials a large population. So there's some hope for these programs. It's not like Japan. We have much better demographics. 
So there is some hope, but we have to change things. We have to continue to whittle down. Social Security, when I got into the business, there was crazy things you could do. For example, you could take benefits at 62, and then at 70, you could say, oh, I changed my mind. I want payments as if I started at age 70. You could pay back all of the money that you purchased, you took out. You could pay it back in, and all of a sudden, your payments would almost triple. Those are gone. Last In 2015, there was another file and suspend strategy that got wiped out. It's continuing to change and be whittled down. Soon, it's just going to have to be, you can't take it till you're 70. There's no way that you can take it till you're 70. If you're 55 and older, fine, you can might, you know, maybe have Social Security in your financial planning projections. But if you're under that age, I would assume that you have to retire without it. If Social Security is there when you do retire, it will be replaced by much higher taxes. 24 years ago, when I got in the business, capital gains taxes were at 27%. 27%. Now there is a 0, a 10, and a 15, and a 20% capital gains bracket. And this is the lowest income tax bracket that I can remember. Yet we have over 50% of the budget going towards Medicaid, Medicare, and Social Security programs that are just on a death spiral and have to be fixed. Uh, so we got to come up with and. I don't know. We've got. We have to have politicians that are ready to tackle this problem. Otherwise, it will blow up in a situation where it's, you know, in crisis mode. That's when politicians tend to deal with it because they want to get reelected. So I don't know term limits and pay based on success in Congress might be a little bit better. But it all comes into your financial planning. How does it? How does it? boil down to what numbers you should be using in your financial plan. And that's why millennials really need to take that approach that just you know, kill the word retirement. It just doesn't even matter. People are more based. Uh, they would rather have the latest tech gear and the best travel experiences versus material items. And get that idea when you're younger that if you accumulate stocks, even just look at some of the ETFs that are out there that are based on that buy only companies that have a history of increasing their dividends, dividend achiever ETFs. And if you start buying those and using those dividends to continue to buy more shares, and you're maxing out your 401k, and you're maxing out your Roth IRA, and eventually you buy positive cash flow real estate, at some point, if you start early enough, if you at some point you have enough income from your stocks in the form of dividends... And so maybe you have some fixed income inside your 401k at some point that pays interest and your real estate that pays positive income and it's work optional. You can choose to work or you don't. You have pass enough passive income to retire. So if you're under 40, that's how you should focus on it. How can I build up enough assets that are paying me enough on a monthly or quarterly basis? It pays all my expenses. You're going to have to retire based on that. Right now, for people that are 65, Okay, if you can retire and live off about 3.5% of your overall portfolio, you'll be able to take enough income. Each year, you'll be able to increase your withdrawals by about 3% a year and should have enough money to last till your age 100. But you'll probably bounce the last check you write the day you die if that's what you start with. If you're, if you're 65 and you're going to require 4% or more of your portfolio to live, you're probably going to run out of money at age 95 to 100 because interest rates are so low. Inflation is picking up. If you don't have an alternative plan for healthcare costs and things like that, you might be reverse mortgaging or selling your Bay Area home and moving somewhere else. You'll still be okay. You'll be able to come up with a plan, but it's a little bit different for you versus how I would focus 
people that are younger in terms of building assets. All right, next hour, we're going to talk a little bit more about six retirement tests that you need to put your portfolio through before you say, yep, I'm okay to retire. And talk a little bit more about, you know, how do you get those positive cash flow assets? One of the worst things you can do is continually sell real estate to sell your home to get into the more expensive home. Keep those old homes and rent them out. Take a quick break. We'll be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 